Hello, Precision Insight podcast listeners. This is your host, Dave Wolf at Genexus. I'm thrilled to take on another journey related to precision medicine and the role of pharmacists in this incredible space. In today's episode, our guest for this journey is Sean Bjorndal, founder of RPH Ally. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dave. I'm excited to be here and thank you for having me. All right. Thank you, Sean. Before we jump in, can you tell the audience a bit more about yourself? You bet. I'm a pharmacist. I graduated in 08 from North Dakota State University, home of the Bison up in Fargo, North Dakota. And uh, upon exit of school, four of us uh, moved down to Tucson, Arizona with uh, to work for a chain, grab that big sign-on bonus. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's, that's where my pharmacy career started and and really you know heavy in the chains uh became a pharmacist in charge way too soon at too busy of a store right uh, a lot of a lot of good lessons learned there um i did meet my wife in tucson who she's originally from ventura la um she was out there for a year stint and then uh, i ended up moving to los angeles for a couple of years moved to Kauai for a couple of years then you know landed in san diego once we had a family um and now reside in Carlsbad, which is North County of San Diego. But the point is, it's pharmacies taking me kind of all over the Western part of the United States. And it's I've been blessed to like live in other places, experience the cultures, right? You know, I grew up on a farm. So, you know, going back home to the farm sometimes is kind of like, and all of a sudden, you know, my, my family members may not agree with the way, you know, the way my, uh, <laughs> you know, my, my vision for the world is. So, yeah. But that's incredible. I mean, I mean, pharmacy opened up that door for you. I mean, it did. You know, first was chasing the, the big sign-on bonuses of the late two thousands. Um, we don't see them as much anymore. Well, um, now we do. Yeah, it's starting to come again. Yeah, now we do. Yeah, and why is that, Sean? Why is that? Oh, that I did not know we we're going to talk about that, but we could do a whole podcast <laughs> on that in itself. But if you look at the just the the working conditions in the retail chains, it's you know that's why I left retail back in 2016, and that was even before COVID, right? Um, you know, obviously the quality of life wasn't there. Um, you know, morning closing shifts every other weekend. Um, just plus the the constant KPIs that you had to meet that were near impossible. You know, not getting to spend enough time with your patients and and making I had I, I had a lot of errors in retail honestly to tell you the truth you know just you know nothing nothing that hurt anybody but you know metformin ER for metformin those types of things where I just didn't have enough, have enough time and I was going too fast because I was a people pleaser right I wanted to I wanted to get my patients out of there on you know within that 15 minute mark right and have anyway so that was why I had left but that is why you see that those big bonuses, even bigger bonuses now coming back because it's hard, it's hard for pharmacists to take those jobs these days. And, and rightfully so. Um, I do want to add one more thing about that. I gave a lecture on Friday. Uh, one of my favorite mentors teaches law in Southern California here. And, and he, he basically said, you know, if, if you cannot have conversations with your staff, and train your staff. He's like, you do not want to be a PSC. That is not the job for you, right? So it's kind of like one of those things where a lot of pharmacists get thrown into those jobs because just lack of lack of opportunity, and they and they just take what they what they can get. So, anyway, yeah, and it's, it's and without the right mentoring or coaching, the right tools to be successful, right? Um, exactly. Because they're so busy. Uh, with getting the scripts out the door, 
you, you you don't invest in the staff and and that's part of the turnover issue too i would think um with 100%. pharmacy now, now one great you know I, i've read a little bit about your background sean and uh, you started this you're the founder and, and started this company called rph ally could you could you speak to that a little bit yeah. Um, so I, in my previous role to this, I was the pharmacist in charge for a national PBM-owned mail-order facility or pharmacy. And, uh, you know, and, and prior to that, I didn't know you could dispense a 90-day supply of oxycodone in the mail, right? Well, and all of a sudden, all that liability and responsibility is on my shoulders. And I was like, whoa, deer in headlights moment, right? You know, so I, I I really dove into to opioids, to the CDC guidelines for chronic pain, corresponding responsibility. Went to every every seminar talk I could I could I could, you know, attend. Um, so that that just kind of became a new world. And so I had this idea because once you know you can't really shut off your mind, right? When you're when you're deep into something, passionate about something like that. And one day I thought about my retail days and when I was living in LA or living in San Diego, when you pick up an overtime shift, it's on the other side of the city, you know, you don't know those patients, you don't know those providers, um, but you had that PDMP to check on the patient. Correct. But just because a prescription, just because a patient only gets a prescription once every 30 days and, and they look compliant doesn't mean that it's legitimate, right? It doesn't mean that they haven't figured out how to use the system and know to fly under the radar. So how do you, how do you vet the providers? and know that it's not a pill mill, right? And uh, so I just thought about creating like a, like a network for pharmacists where they could share information on providers and, you know, and just help each other in the community. And, you know, and, and when I started that, it, it kind of snowballed into more of like a networking platform, more of a community just for pharmacy, because I was like, I wasn't really up to speed on LinkedIn. I didn't have a lot of connections. I tried to find partners to launch this and to develop this. Um, but I didn't have any, I didn't have a network to rely on at that point. Cause I had, I was, I was in my silo, right. I was in my silo, like many pharmacists are. Um, so then it just kind of became this thing where we needed something to house that pre pre prescriber review, which, which it failed. I'll, I'll say that. I mean, okay. I didn't have the right, right connections, the right data points and things like that to get that on a successful launch. Not to say that I don't want to bring it back. So if anybody does want to do something like that in the future, let me know. Um, I, I would like to fire that up, but anyways, but the, but the platform stayed, the community stayed, and now it's, it's really grown a lot recently, just with all of your, the additions of our thought leaders that we have in there with our educational and support channels. Kevin Walker came on as co-owner. He's been fast, amazing, just as far as member growth and, and getting more muscle behind it. Um, but yeah, so that, that's really it. So now it's just kind of, um, really in the growing phases and, but we're, we're getting a lot of traction just with, within the community. So. So it's basically connected, connecting pharmacists um, in a kind of a virtual network. And part of that is you have to prove you're a pharmacist to be part of the network, right? Correct. Yeah. So that's part of the, the vetting process that you do. Um, but it's fantastic that you, you know, this is kind of your internal chat that in turn protects not only the providers, but the patients as well. Um, so, yes. Um, so on that note, I don't think you're a member yet, Dave. So we need to get you signed up. Number one. <laughs> I am a member. You just, Are you? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I never seen you post on there. So maybe I'll you know, post you should, on you there. Talk yeah. about precision medicine. You should drop this podcast in there. Yeah, I will. Uh, 
Okay. <laughs> so my apologies for not knowing that you're in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I took um, you my MPI number. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, it, it. I think it's. It's. I mean, what we really want to do is is you know help pharmacists really pick up their own torch and carry it. Right. It's it's trying to get pharmacists outside the box. Think of you know. First, pick your head up, look around, see what's going on, connect with other members, um, you know, connect with other members that are going in a direction you want to go in, right? Kind of that goes back to iron sharpens iron, like surround yourself with people that you want to be like and you aspire to be like. So that's kind of like, that's one aspect of it. Um, You know, we have some advocacy, um, some diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging in there. We, um, We have this pharmacist support channel that we can really like, we all need support. I mean, that's that's one of my favorite channels because, you know, uh, to be transparent, I went through a uh, accusation a few years back, and it was like I didn't have much of of a support structure around that, and it would be good just to bounce some, you know, get some advice from other colleagues. Not legal advice. I mean, you should always get legal advice when you have situations, but it'd be nice to talk to someone who's maybe had that experience before to be like, what should I do next? Who should I talk to next? That sort of thing. So. And then as far as education, you know, we have lots of education tracks in there that are really taught by pharmacists who have walked the walk, you know, that have in their niche, in their space, they've they developed a great business model and they, 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 they just thought other pharmacists need to know this. So that's kind of, that's really fun too, to, to see kind of that leadership grow. Yeah. What are some of those key topic areas, Sean? Um, oh gosh, I got to pull up the app for that one. Uh, point of care testing, remote patient monitoring, herbal medicine, functional medicine, compounding for cash, um, deep prescribing, patient advocacy. Ooh, if I forget somebody, they're gonna be really mad. Um, we have a couple launching soon. We have a cannabis CBD channel launching sh- soon by a biochemist named Blair. Um, Curtis, really, really fascinating pharmacist. Um, we have an independent support channel launching soon to kind of help pick up where PDS left off. Um, you know, where we're, we're going to really highlight some unique opportunities for independent pharmacies to really increase revenue and also provide coaching and things like that to, to start these programs. So we, I don't yeah, think we, I'm missing any, but I might be missing we one. We don't learn that in school, right? We no. didn't learn any of the business of pharmacy. No. I mean, no. And I think that, you know, we're all pulling our boots up and saying, you know, I don't like the status quo. What? I love pharmacy. I love taking care of patients. What are the tools I need to pivot? And that's that's kind of what you're you're supporting here. But also, it's kind of we're underusing utilizing pharmacists the way that we want to practice, right? So, what are some of you know you're, you're talking about some of these educational programs, advocacy? Tell me about a couple success stories that you've heard. I mean, every one of our thought leaders is a success story. You know, they've they've launched and and probably scaled their own business for themselves. And then they've like, this is so cool. Like other pharmacists need to know how to do this, you know, and here's the steps to get there. Um, one of my favorite stories is is Kristen Talent with her point of care testing. Um, you know, like she she literally launched her her business during the middle of COVID, you know. Not a far, like not, not a dispensing pharmacy at all, and she just she launched her Clea Waiver pharmacy and and just sort of that way, and it's like really amazing to see her push that into other independents now. I, I love that one. Even Didi with her compounding for cash, um, 
you know, and it's an awesome model for a compounding pharmacy that really isn't, you know, that giant of a lift. You know, like when you think of compounding, you're thinking, we just had a conversation, Dave, where your your friend is $1.3 million for, you know, non-sterile, sterile compounding. But like, this would be more of like the non-sterile, you know, yep. for cash and, and, you know, identifying what your needs in your market and just scaling that way. Um, yeah. A couple of examples. So you know, you're supporting these, these entrepreneurs, pharmacopeners. Um, uh, I get excited about it because as you know, my, I've got a very diverse pharmacy background myself and, and I, I pivoted several times and, you know, kind of looking at, you know, first of all, what am I passionate about? And secondly, you know, do I want to get out of this space? I've been doing it for decades and, but that, that draw is still there. Um, and it's it's an exciting time, and it's 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 disappointing in a way because there's so many disgruntled pharmacists out there, but there's a, a ray of light here and uh, an underlying hope and dream that can be realized. I love it, Dave. How you, how you say that because it's like even even so. What these thought leaders have taught me within RPH Ally, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to come into the to the pharmacy option here. So, like like you said, pivoting, like you like you, I never imagined myself owning a pharmacy, and all of a sudden, I'm like flirting with the idea of owning a pharmacy because I was approached by a friend who wants to buy a pharmacy, and I was like, wait a second, look at all these look at all these cool programs that we can now plug into a pharmacy. You know, yes, we will have dispensing, but now, and I just got done with having a two hour meeting with a, with a, with a lady named Tammy, who's, you know, she's pivoting. Well, she's pivoting now too, because she just lost her job due to acquisition, right? Pharmacy got closed down and which happens all the time, right? You're never really truly safe because she was loved by the community. Met her in a, co met her in a coffee shop, ran into a, a, a guy from my son's uh, preschool. His name is Tucker. So we were talking and then he's like, well, what are you doing here? I'm like, oh, I'm meeting a, a lady here. We're going to hopefully open a pharmacy right over here. He's like, for America? I'm like, no, for America is closed. He's like, what? Yeah. I love that place. <laughs> and, uh, or Pharmaca. And, and uh, within 15 minutes, four other people like mentioned something about them as they overheard us talking as I'm waiting for Tammy. And it's like, wow, <laughs> like there's a need, like, it's there's a need for that type of pharmacy in the community, and and then having this experience with all these solid leaders, it's like wow, this is kind of one of those things where, is it a pivot? Absolutely, hundred percent. I never saw myself owning a pharmacy, and all of a sudden I'm putting a business proposal together because she has an investor lined up to uh, to do this, and so it, it is exciting because there's there's so many different roadmaps out there that you can do now to start a pharmacy, and it's not just you know start a shop or buy a pharmacy and you know get raked over the coals by the pbms anymore like there's other things we can do getting back to what you learned in pharmacy school well and i think that over the past probably five years you know organizations such as rph ally have really brought this this uh, potential dream to reality and and given the pharmacists the tools who are you know traditionally in the basements or behind the counter allowing them to you know, practice at the top of their license, you know, the point of care testing, the pharmacogenetic testing, uh, the cannabinoid testing, um, and, and guidance, um, skin care, 
you know, we're, we're the medication experts and, and we're also the ones who can identify which meds they should not be on and possibly deprescribe, right? And, and it's not about driving metrics around number of fills. And the payer models are changing. You know, you're, you're talking about, I heard about cash pay, you know, patients want to take care of their, they're very involved in their personal care now. Um, and it's not just a matter of getting insurance, being on an insurance panel anymore, is it? Not at all. And I mean, that was one of our conversations. Again, it goes back to what model do you want? Do you want to go like the blueberry model where it's cost plus? Yep. Or do you want to still want to accept insurance, right? I mean, because, and you have to weigh those factors out because if you have insurance and you accept insurance, that is a way to get people in the door who have insurance, right? Where there's other cash services that you can provide within that pharmacy that you wouldn't even touch with the insurance. So, and, and, and what you said too, like pharmacogenomics, like that was part of our conversation because she hasn't really delved into PGX yet, but it's like, which is why I love you doing the podcast because it's like not all pharmacists are aware of how big PGX and how big PGX is going to be in the coming years, you know? So that's just kind of one of those things. It's really teaching the, teaching our own colleagues, plus teaching the patients, the public about it. Yeah. It's all about educating and that's what we're educators and, you know, you know, the patients at the, the focal point of this, and it's starting to be recognized. I, I I know there's some legislation going on. You're in California, right, Sean? Um, yes. Medi-Cal, there's a, there's a bill in front of the legislature to encourage the payment of PGX testing, which is a game changer in that marketplace. And I'm sure we're going to start seeing that across the country. So I've got a lot of hope going forward. Uh, for these independent pharmacies who are looking to pivot from getting away from uh, DIRs and the clawback and reimbursement um, when, when dealing with some of the large payers. But as you said, you may want to have a certain level of insurance pay to bring the patients in, but then you have all the other things in your pharmacy that you can provide and introduce them to it. 100%. And yeah, it all de depends on your market area, right? Um, right. You know, where, where, where we live, there's going to be a lot of people with good insurance, right? So that that that's kind of going to lead us probably down that path of, yes, we're going to have insurance for the prescription billing. Um, we actually, you know, one thing that's going to help with the independence is we have a copay card coming out in the near future through our PHLA that's really going to be um, helpful to the independents. You look at a lot of the discount cards out there right now. I mean, a lot of independents won't accept them. Correct. I don't need to name names here, but it's like, you know, my wife has, she's like, nope. Like if she, cause with the, with my transition, recent, recent transition and not having health insurance, we through a, we go through a healthcare ministries and, um, you know, profit or cost savings sharing. And uh, so we, you know, she's had to go the, the discount card route and got thrown over to a chain, right? Which you never want to drive business away, but if you're going to lose money on that from a discount card. So there's lots of options that, that you can kind of piece together, and, but it's just a matter of knowing, knowing what those options are and how to, how to implement those within your pharmacy. Well, 
I'm excited to hear this, Jane, if, if you reflect back, you know, since 2016, all that you've learned, all right? And it's because you sought it out. You know, you sought the knowledge. And, you know, part of it's pivots that were not expected, but you're providing some of these tools for farm. There's a lot of pharmacists in your same boat right now. I encourage you to continue to give them hope, keep carrying that torch. As I reflect on our conversation, you know, there have been some key learnings and, and key uh, masterminds that you've dealt with that um, will help pave the path to your new journey as well. You know, what are some of the key learnings that you've gotten over the last five years? Oh, good ones. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewind back to like 2017 and having a good pitch deck. There's a lot of good tools out there right now that help you make a good pitch deck, right? Our business proposal. Um, you know, I, luckily I had, you know, when I was, when I was at uh, my former employment and I needed to get those, all the controlled substance and opioid initiatives pushed through, I had a, I had a great chief pharmacy officer who helped me out, right? It, it wouldn't have happened without him. Um, but learning that it was like, okay, I, you know, be able to put that, put that sound that sound presentation together is, is is critical when you're looking for investors or looking, you know, to go to the bank for a loan, all those sorts of things. Um, things, again, you don't learn in pharmacy school. Um, you know, when, and also like um, CPAs, uh, bookkeeping, very critical. Um, if you can, I would always outsource that. Um, especially when you start, you know, dealing with an LLC or a corporation, that's where you want, you want secondary eyes on your books, just to make sure everything's square come tax time. And that will save you a lot of headache, even though it's still a huge headache come tax time. It just, it would be extremely, way worse if you, if you didn't have that outsourced. Um, partnerships are, are I think are critical to growing. Um, I've had a lot of fascinating conversations in the last couple of weeks, aligning different partners together that, you know, that have been in conversations where they they have an idea and I'm like, Hey, what well, you should go talk to this person because they're thinking kind of the, the same way. And, and if you want to grow something um, to be really successful, it's hard to do it alone. So that's, I think collaboration is, is key to, to really growing a really cool business that you know provides the outcomes you're looking for. Um, what else? Gosh, Dave, that was a, that was a tough question. No, I mean the collaboration, the partnerships. You know what I'm hearing you say is focus on what you're good at and 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 sharpening your saw. The other activities such as the accounting, let your accountant take care of that. I mean, you know, I I have an MBA also, but I have a I had an accountant also because the laws change, the tax laws change. You need to continually stay updated on that. And we're focused on our craft, you know, and, and staying uh, on top of our game. And that's what you outsource that for. That's, that's some great advice. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of business stuff is there are hard lessons to learn. And if you can, you know, there's a lot of courses out there, RP has courses, I know like Jenna and Jamie are launching a consulting course soon. Um, Asha Bohannon has a great impact pharmacist course. I mean, there's, there's courses that will teach you 
these business skills that you're going to need to launch a business. Um, I mean, if, and if you're looking to do this, I mean, I would, I would strengthen your, strengthen your skill sets with some business knowledge, right? I think that's really critical because you're, you have your clinical knowledge that you need um, and that you continue to grow and nurture as, as you, you know, further define your, your space, but you know, business lessons are tough and that's where you can lose a lot of money and a lot of time by making some wrong decisions there. So um, yeah, I mean, good, good stuff, Dave. Well, Sean, thanks so much for our time this afternoon. And um, I just want to thank you for the, you taking time out of your busy schedule it, it, and all these balls that you're juggling. Um, any parting words to our audience listeners? Join uh, RPH Ally and get involved. I think networking is huge. I mean, that's one thing I've really loved doing the last three years is reaching out to people, um, taking a call. You never know where it's going to where it's going to lead. I think that's just put yourself out there. Uh, and one last point here, Sean, and and that's how we met was through that networking and yes. actually created opportunities together over the last three years as well. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is to join RPHLI, RPHLI.com. Send me a DM. Otherwise, you can find me on those other social media sites. I think, what are they called? Like LinkedIn. <laughs> Probably just LinkedIn or RPHLI is good. Okay. Thank you so much, Sean. Have a Thank great you, afternoon. Yes, you too, my man.